0: So 602, how's Sarah? I'm feeling healthy. I'm drinking some green drinks right now. Oh, my green gosh. Wow, know. you can
1: take the girl out of California.
0: Mm-hmm. Why? Are you doing a cleanse or something? No. You know what? I've been... Uh, um, oh, who's calling me? Send a voicemail. Don't call me, people. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, why am I drinking... Well, the so I, don't, I think when you live in Denver. I'm just always dehydrated. And th- sometimes I, I, the guy I'm dating is like a health food, like into healthy food. He does a lot of green drinks. And like That's if I'm going to like be a, a – a, a, I don't want to use the word like chameleon, but like if I'm going to – to you, You flipped that. You said you're a prism. A prism. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I reflect – <laughs> the certain qualities or aspects of my partner. These are wonderful ones. And so now I'm like addicted to like juice and oh, green Lord drinks. Oh, Lord mercy. I, there, there are worse things. Yeah, there are. But
1: but what tends to happen with people that do the juice thing is yeah. they like to talk about it. It's kind of like vegans. Oh, my
0: God. Did I just do that? I no, 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 that. no. That's um, I'm just
1: I don't want you. I to also have this. coffee here. So it's like all about balance.
0: Don't worry. I'm not. And I'm definitely not becoming vegan or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. Just check in. Because there's certain no, I need things my that meat.
1: people really like to proselytize and sort of convert other people.
0: Yeah. Not. No. Drink. Do whatever you want. But if you haven't tried watermelon juice, it's delicious.
1: Well, it sounds delicious. I can't believe it's not more of a thing. That's pretty much the whole watermelon. That's what we call it that. In Costa
0: Rica, it's a thing.
1: Watermelon juice, yeah, and in Thailand, there
0: that was very common yeah. too. Yeah. It's just like in America, we're like catching up to like, like, yeah, get on, get on board, guys, and then they're charging like freaking, it's ridiculous. I was what? just that at was stores. I was thinking thought. about this, and I'm like, it. You basically, if you're if you're staying properly hydrated during the day, mm-hmm. you're you're probably spending like. How much money do you think a day to keep yourself hydrated?
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say you pee all the time. oh, I see what you're saying. you're talking about something else, so you're saying it's a costly, health yeah thing, well,
0: not if you drink water, well, yeah, if you drink it from the tap, but if you were to buy water, yeah, I bought a bottle of water, it was like one hundred fifty, and then I had another juice that was six ninety nine which is well, that's a highway ridiculous. robbery, so that I is. was like, oh my god if you if it basically cost me. An, one hour of labor <laughs> right, to, to keep myself hydrated today. Yeah. And then I started okay. doing math on other things that it costs to stay alive, like as a human. And I was like, mm-hmm. how much do my vitamins got? D- Holy shit. It's expensive to be a person. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? You no. Know.
1: <laughs> I feel like I'm having the opposite of a cleanse though, because I accidentally got loaded the other night and started texting Suzy. Sarah. It was
0: hilarious. Wait, is, this, is this you? when you got super stoned? Yes. And then you, te- and then you messaged me? Yes. That was yes. my favorite night. It was, it was my favorite night.
1: I had a blast and, by myself. And I,
0: you, you taught me about the unicorn face emoji, which is like the perfect thing to send when you're stoned. I was like, how oh is she God. a better stoner than me?
1: <laughs> how dare she? I don't know what happened. That is so weird. I took half of an edible, and you already know. I get, like, the lowest dosage possible. Right. It was only half of one. But whatever amount it was combined with two glasses of wine, and I had the time of my life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it! So come Curb. around, ladies and gentlemen. When I she said that I laughed till I cried. does not pass on grass.
1: No. Why was I doing that? All these years Thank passing you. on
0: grass. This is what I've been saying for years. You were right. I was wrong.
1: Ah! Oh, that was so, so was, funny.
0: So what, what,
1: tell me what your favorite part of that night was. Texting you because I knew that, me, <laughs> I knew that telling you I was high would delight you. Uh, and so that's why i had to And you're talking done.
0: about watching an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm mm-hmm. being stoned. And so... I went, I think I, I didn't even have it. I think that night I went to the dispensary and I was like, I, I'm joining her. I'm definitely <laughs> along for this ride. And then I got mad because my HBO kept on pausing and I wouldn't, I, it, it would play the audio, but it wouldn't play the video. So I didn't even get to watch that show. So I was just stoned trying like, to figure you out use, how to fucking work the TV. Don't you use my HBO account? Or do you? Use no, it you know what? This is funny. Okay. Oh, this is so funny. Let me tell you my Like, So that's your experience of the night. So then yeah. I get that text message from you, and I'm like, this is what I'm doing <laughs> with my evening now. Yeah. So I'm going to go to the bedroom, we am going to pick up a joint. I'm going to smoke it in the driveway because I'm staying at an Airbnb yes. and I can't You're do it good inside. You're a tenant. So, uh, very good. And I don't want that. Fine. Come on now. You didn't want to and, test positive for pot, house, want- or whatever? <laughs> yes. And so then. I go to try to log on to HBO and I try our tried and true password. I I think it was logged into my TV, but not Mm -hmm. on my computer. But at that point it was 1124. I remember the time exactly. And I was like, this is too late to text Susie because she's two hours ahead. She's deaf and she's all high. She's definitely asleep. And so then I was like, oh shit. I bought a month of HBO instantly Whoa. bought it and then cancelled it. You didn't. It just right there. Like in the same in the same setting so that I wouldn't, you know, so I get to me a month yes. but then it wouldn't charge me for the next month exactly. because I wanted to watch it and I was like, yeah, I figure it's like, you know, like, I haven't splurged for no for no commercials. And then I then I have the the problem with it not can not download and apparently that that's like a thing that's a happening disappointment like, and it was like oh you gotta like upgrade and I was like, oh fucking a. Ew, and really so watch something else dang i'm sorry because you missed out it was i know <laughs> and i was like trying to get to that joke that you said was so funny and you were like i'm dying laughing she I'm like, was ah, dead. come on <laughs> and then i'm all stony i don't know probably just had them went, ate a bunch of food and went to bed I should probably get some of that juice
1: and cleanse it out, though, because, I mean, I'm too old for that shit. But no, you're I, not. Not for uh, that kind of night. Okay, because at the moment where uh, I thought to myself, this is so much fun. No matter how you feel tomorrow, just know that you had I'm a not, great time. How, how, and you fine,
0: feel fi- how do you feel the night? You feel fine the next day. You ate, oh, you, ate weed. I f- <laughs> you ate weed. I ate weed, and I felt great about it. Yeah, everything. not feel anything fine. the next day. Maybe the wine made you feel something, but weed's not going to make you feel anything the next day.
1: Okay. Oh, this is actually a good segue because we were talking about vegans. We have yeah. got to talk about that bad vegan docuseries.
2: What the
0: heck? What I, the I'm, heck? Almost, I'm annoyed. <laughs> Why? Because... <sighs> Did you watch it? Or do you just I'm, know the I'm premise? I'm three episodes... I'm... I'm I watched it, and I fell asleep watching it, and then I woke up, and then, like, caught some more of an episode, and, like— Okay, disjoint. So I, I'm, like, three—I have three episodes under my—
1: What are your thoughts so far? If you haven't seen it, it's a docuseries on Netflix about this woman who got <laughs> scammed by this guy, um, and she owned a vegan restaurant, which I have been to, by the way really yes i went there and he, they're right the lasagna is out of this world and you think how is that possible it's just vegetables there's no pasta or anything in it
0: is this in in la it, it's in new york okay no it's in New York, in manhattan yeah, yeah i went there's a vegan because vegan restaurants when they're done right are really good i, I know but she, how like, do they do it because hers was also raw it wasn't even you, oh, sh- you couldn't even cook i don't it. know I don't know. You're on... I don't know. You've been... I haven't been to that one. I want to know the secrets. Yeah. But... But I think the timing was perfect. Everything... I thought it was really interesting how she was almost living this, like, double life where in the public eye it looked like she had a bunch of money and it looked like she was, um, you know, like, riding high. But there was really... She, like, inherited all that debt from the restaurant. Mm. And... I have not yet. I I am right at the point where this guy comes into her life. Yeah, the scammer. The scammer.
1: The short version is, to me, this is not a documentary about (laughs) scamming. This is a documentary about a woman who has
0: an unhealthy obsession with her dog. Because oh, my God. I haven't even gotten to this part. All I hear <laughs> is these rumors about her thinking that she could be immortal. Yes. this What the told her actual that, fuck, Susie.
1: This guy told her that he could would make her immortal, but I think what really sold her is that he said he could make her dog immortal. And so, like, I really wow. feel like this should be more focused on how you care too much about your dog, ma'am. And she ended up oh, giving him $6 first. million. Dollars. Do you think the
0: pitch... That I can make you immortal was first, or I can make your dog immortal was first. The dog, I think. Really? Yes. And then she's like, "Well, if you could do it with Fluffy over here, sign me up. Two for one
1: special." (laughs) I kind of think he sold her with the um, with the dog thing because he knew
0: how obsessed she was with that dumb mutt. Oh my God! So he took advantage of her vulnerability as an idiot. I'm sorry. To Wharton School of Business. That is what I'm saying. I'm sorry. What Ma'am. are they just letting anybody into Warden Wharton School of Business <laughs> these days? They did let Trump in, so. Maybe. Oh, well, come on. What do you mean? <laughs> a fucking pulse and a rich parent to get in there? Okay, I see.
1: You said rich parent. I thought you were going to say rich wool, and I was going to say, yeah, I love those vitamins. Well <laughs> I was like, yeah. I love when you try to like follow along with my segue and you're like, Well incidentally, you know
0: what you got me thinking? What? I got an update that it had been delivered, but I did not change my address. Oh. And now I because I my ritual oh, has no. been thrown off and now I need now to. Now you ha-
1: now that's why you have to j- drink juice now because you're not getting <sighs> yeah. your vitamins. You need to go grab those. Okay, well, if you haven't tried them yet, ritual vitamins are my only, like, my only vitamin relationship that's lasted because I love them. But now they have um, the protein shakes, which are uh, plant-based protein powder. Real
0: yummy. I do have that with me.
1: Vanilla. All right, there you go. And it's just great as, you know, if you want it for breakfast or, like, for your workout situation. Add a scoop to your pancake mix. That is a good tip. Yes, right. Um, But also they have the vitamins for pregnant, uh, post-pregnant, pre-pregnant, kids, men, whatever. Ready to shake up your protein ritual. Our listeners get 10% off during the first three months at ritual.com slash brain candy. Ritual even offers a money-back guarantee if you're not 100% in love. Visit ritual.com slash brain candy today for 10% off
0: your first three months. Yeah, you'll love that protein, plant-based protein, pea protein, I believe.
1: mm hmm
0: Really so yummy. Good. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so I let me know when you're done with bad vegan though, because I want to know
0: if you agree with me, yeah. or if I'm victim yeah. blaming. I, I, I do feel: I bad think for her. the it's very strange for me I, with a lot of these documentaries that are coming out,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the, I keep thinking, like, too soon, too soon. Really?
1: They haven't had enough time
0: is, to reflect, uh, you think? It feels, like, strange when the, the case is almost still unfolding. Like, yeah. Tinder Swindler felt like that, too. The Anna, like... You know what else I'm watching is uh, the one that's called The Dropout. Oh, yeah. About Elizabeth Holmes. Would you recommend that one? Yes, Okay. And I think, uh, what's her name? Si- Amanda Savory. Yes. I'm like, Susie, please. Do the yeah. job for me because I'm terrible <laughs> yeah, at yeah. names. Uh, she plays it. Perfect.
1: Oh, so you're watching the fictionalized version? Yes. Oh, okay. Because yes. there's yes. also a documentary. I see. Is the fictionalized one called The Dropout? Yes. Ah, okay. It is good. Well, okay, so... Are you finished with
0: that or are you in the middle yes. of that? Okay. With Elizabeth Holmes. I think there might be more episodes coming out. It's not all the way oh, done, but okay. I'm caught up. What is your assessment there? Did she believe her own bullshit? Yes. And she's definitely on the spectrum. Okay. Yes. So- and they hint at that. They say a lot of it about, she talks about how she's not able to understand emotion in the same way other people can. You can hear it in her speech. She practices Certain phrases over and over again. There are certain hallmarks or things that where it is hard, to, much harder to diagnose in a female, because sometimes these, they're yeah, but you could, is, it's very. And then I went just last night. I I was looking at video of the real Elizabeth Holmes to kind of compare. P- perfectly acted yeah. and absolutely yes,
1: yeah, spot effective. on, spot on. So you think. She really believed what she was saying, even though there was no Mm -hmm. evidence or she, or she felt justified because that's what all tech people do. They like Yes, I think she
0: felt justified. I think she saw herself as a big picture concept person who sees how this is the future and, and knows that this is a promise that could be fulfilled in the next 10 years, but Mm -hmm. over promised and under delivered. And then Used, I mean, lied, but and then used the technology. F- the which IP, intellectual property. I, yeah, like, I was like, oh, I love using that. In I never used that word, but like, they're like, we can't use somebody else's IP. That's their IP. And I was like, IP, IP, <laughs> intellectual property. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> didn't go to at School of Business. Still figured it out. So yeah. <laughs> Old Star
2: for
0: Sarah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So uh, 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 they stole, basically, like used intellectual property from another company that was always already doing a similar kind of blood testing. And her whole thing was just one drop, like one yeah. drop. And then they had to change the language to say like a few drops, things like that. And then there was just a lot of shady business. And uh, I, I think. Yeah, it, it was... It okay, was, was
1: there... A, a, based on what you've seen so far, was there a moment where she was like, oh, shit, like, I'm in too deep? Yeah, a lot.
0: Really? And
1: yeah. she didn't know what to do? Yeah. What should she have done now looking back? Mm. Just come clean and give people their money back sooner well, or Well, there something? were
0: almost situations where... I, I don't think it was her who needed to give people their money back. I think it was going out and... She she kept getting investors or people backing it like big companies like yeah like uh, uh Walgreens yes Walgreens you know was a big one. and mm-hmm. I think that the the people at, uh, based on this show she prevented the people who were doing like the due diligence to make sure that her lab was up to par and up to like. It yes. running how it should and everything she prevented them from doing the work that they need to do because of like non-disclosure agreements and like proprietary information and you're going to work with the competitors and da 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 so she prevented people from doing the check the checking that needed to be done do to... you think that she's evil or sociopathic at all or just lacks empathy? i think she's more i i would say it's more not necessarily you know, it's hard to tell because I do see the lack of empathy, but that yeah. can also be, a, that is also a characteristic of, aut, like, autism spectrum disorder. Sure. yeah. And an ability to recognize, like like have like shared empathy with another person yeah i don't feel like it's as intentional like i want to do harm
1: Yeah, i want to it wasn't
0: malicious it wasn't malicious i don't feel that i feel like she didn't take into consideration how this may affect other people because she couldn't okay And there was a situation where one of her chemists was supposed to testify in a hearing about um, a patent that she supposedly stole from this other guy. And so he was claiming it was his. This chemist was going to testify and his testimony was going to be the thing that, like, did it, like, everything...
1: The undoing. Oh, oh, okay.
0: The undoing. Yes, the undoing of her. Uh huh. But in doing so, he would lose his job. He wouldn't be able to be a chemist anymore. All he wanted was to be a chemist. It's what he loved. Oh man. He ended up committing suicide (gasps) before the trial. That's sad. And so she says when she finds out, and this is somebody who was originally her, like part of like day one crew, like. The guy who had your back in the very beginning, and when she, fa- a- according to this, yeah, show, it the way they made it look is that when she found out, she was like, "Good, we won. We don't. We're that. We win that trial. Then he's not going to be able to testify." See, so, that
1: seems sociopathic to me.
0: And that seems, yeah, it seems like she's looking at how it benefits her rather than, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, it's well acted. It's that I, I think it's a really good show. It's a fascinating story. Fascinating story. And to watch her do all these Ted talks, like to watch real Elizabeth Holmes do the Ted talks after, you know, it's, it makes you kind of nauseous. she so confidently stands up there and is like, and all of this, and just this little... And I'm just like...
1: Yeah, I like I the are. voice that you're doing, her voice.
0: Because she does, she has a voice. Yes. I, 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 was, I was like, I gotta know if that's her real voice. They say yep.
1: that she, she did it all the time, but when she would drink, it would go away. The, yeah, this it was an affect. Like,
0: it almost sounds like, they made it look like she was... And this is what people who are on the spectrum often do, is they mimic... Uh, uh, like, Human behavior. Yes. Yeah. They go. They. I. This is how human acts. I'm going to do this. They can get caught up in like a fantasy world. I think she was mimicking Steve Jobs. Okay. Even in the outfits, the choice of a turtleneck yeah, and all right, black, the uniform. Yeah. The, she. She took on the uniform. She started doing that. I think, and the way he spoke, I think there was a little bit of that. Of. Of. I'm gonna. It's so interesting. She did such a good job. Did she get nominated for anything for that? She should.
1: She probably will. I, I do think, though, that like, my sense is that she did, uh, Elizabeth is not re- regretful or uh, ha- have remorse. I don't think she feels bad. But what do I know? That's just the impression that I've gotten. Yeah. I have to
0: see how she is. Yeah. And her story kind of changed. It's good. Ooh. Ooh. it's good.
1: All right. Moving on. Yeah, um, I could talk about that for fucking ever. I could talk about how great um, Cuts clothing is for oh,
0: men's basics I'm forever. only, don't, not just men's, well, women's ba- like, I uh, they, I mean, men's clothing, but I am in love <laughs> with their just cotton t-shirt, their t-shirts. Right? What like, magical you think, material how could it be? is that made out of? But you would think,
1: well, how good could it be?
0: It's a t-shirt. It's not. No, it It's is. magic. It is that good. It is. And you know how, like, kind of, like, oversized T-shirts, they're cut, like, that, basically, like, when, what Zendaya wears that I love all the time. Yes. Uh, like, that look is, like, in. Yes. Oh. Men's wear for women. But it's hard to get the right, I don't know, cut and everything. hmm That scoop bottom, that scoop hem. Yeah. Classic cut shirt. And love there's it. this beautiful, like, sage green color mm-hmm. that I am in love with oh so good shake a photo i'll put it up anyway yes
1: yeah, super cute like minimalist approach to basics which yeah. i love because there's not like all the logo nonsense none it's of that it's just very classy um it's just you know your men the men in your life could use this
0: listen right. i've seen they wear these that same over and over and over <laughs> and over might as well get them one that gets better the more you wash it and the more you wear it
1: the fabric Sarah mentioned—they had—they developed their own, and they wanted oh, it to last a why. test of time. It's a patented fabric; won't shrink, pill, or fade. I mean, it's really high
0: quality stuff. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's so. Uh, guys, don't even. You're not. You're gonna. Don't sleep on this. You're actually do sleep on it because it'll be <laughs> super comfortable it. to sleep on. Sleep <laughs> it. No, kidding. But just, just you'll see when you get. You're gonna be like, holy crap. She yeah. was right. This, and you're just going to want bedsheets made out of that shit.
1: Make your next gift the best ever with Cuts Clothing. Get 15% off your first order by going to cutsclothing.com/braincandy. That's C U T S clothing.com/braincandy for 15% off the only shirt worth wearing. Mm, I okay. Buy more. I read this article and I want to know your opinion because yes. when I clicked on it I thought I was going to feel one thing, and then I ended up feeling differently. It was on Insider. dot com, and it was about um, gr- how Girl Scouts keep being harassed um, when they sell their cookies now, and that it's making this claim who is harassing little girls. I know. That's why I clicked on it. I'm like, who are these monsters, Elizabeth Holmes? Like, who's doing this? Who's attacking? And why? Right? Yeah. Okay, so that was why I clicked on it. and I was like, what the hell is wrong with people? Um, and so the article was claiming that, like, you know how they'll set up a table outside a grocery store or something? And yes. then people will walk by and they start no. saying, like, condemning the cookies for, like, being bad for you, sugar-filled food. like. And then some people think that, like, Girl Scouts are associated with Planned Parenthood, which they are not. What is
0: happening? Could you imagine having that much hate in your heart that you need to direct it? I don't even care about anything that much. A couple gals trying to just get a badge. Right. They just want to go on like a nature
1: hike or something and trying to raise some money. Okay. Have they tried a thin mint cookie? (laughs) Remember when I talked about dosy does, and you were like, thought I made it up, but they were Yeah, really like, do what that? <laughs> is that? You're
0: ridiculous. And there's another name for it where I'm like, I still don't believe that's a thing.
1: <laughs> so, okay, so then I'm reading along and I'm like, these people are nuts. But then I'm starting to think, like, what is this based on? Or Do they have yeah. data that they're saying, like, the harassment has gone up 50% or something? Like, I need... And it's really just, like, a couple people that they interviewed. Yeah. And they were saying... Things that then made me, what I'm on like a roll with victim blaming apparently because now I want to blame the, the these people that they interviewed because okay this is what turned me around let me read it to you okay where I was like what the fuck um, <laughs> <laughs> people are getting more aggressive with girls and the volunteers they tell the girls they can't trust themselves to have thin mints in the house or even they even yell at girls for quote poisoning people and I thought well that
0: seems okay. Like- Made okay. up, number one. Okay, so these are like those people who are like, how dare you tempt me? That's when- what I think.
1: I think it's people being like, I can't even buy any because I'll eat I the whole it's bag. I think that. Yes, okay.
0: So I was like, that sounds like a joke thing, like
1: someone would say in jest." And
0: if you're trying to say something that's almost self-deprecating as a way to not... Yes. Insult the person selling the cookies. Like, I'd love to, but oh, I, I, yes. I, I can't, or else I'll eat the whole box, and totally. I got to keep them out of my house. Because then the woman that they were
1: interviewing, I think she's like a troop leader or whatever. She said, and when you're standing at a cookie booth for an hour or two hour shift, or you're delivering cookies to someone's house, the accumulation of seemingly harmless jokes really adds up. Oh, does it? Off.
0: No, no, and it all, doesn't. what you're talking about. Is sales. Right. What you're describing is the numbers game. <laughs> Always be well, closing. Well, you need to be better at, at closing a deal. ABC, <laughs> lady. Always be closing.
1: Sarah's, Sarah's. Like, I thought I was victim-blaming. Sarah's one no, up and saying, I'm totally, totally mad. Bad. I'm mad at it. Now you I'm mad at girls.
0: at I'm, sales. These, these, it sounds like they're complaining about, like, Oh, you you had a door slammed in your face? Talk to Jehovah's Witnesses. See how they feel about that. Then it doesn't turn them away.
1: Then it said the most aggressive comments were about sugar and really— What do they mean aggressive? I'm angry about this. They were really frightening the girls about things like diabetes or health conditions, and they called it diet-related harassment.
0: This is ridiculous. whoa. Uh, okay, okay, okay. This, this is a bunch of Karen fucking moms of Girl Scout cookies. Oh yes. co- Girl Scout cookies who are, are hurt that they yeah. are getting... Uh, fuck this. I'm mad at oh, these ladies. Me too. Because
1: it's not... No. And I'm also mad at the journalist because you gave me no evidence that the right. harassment is up. Right. And fu- furthermore... Why didn't you ever consider that maybe sensitivity is up? These people are doing the old like my feelings
0: will hold. Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. I what give define a shit. harassment. Yes. Because uh, let's let, let's just pull up the old Google here. Definition of harassment. <laughs> I I don't like this. Um, <laughs> aggressive pressure or intimidation. You mean to tell me? That those people leaving the grocery store as they're walking by in that 0.5 seconds that they're passing you are aggressively intimidating you. Right. I'm sorry. Because the worst example was they said, someone said,
1: cookies make you fat. That's the worst of their harassment. I mean, I feel like they got off easy. Remember when I sold chocolate around my neighborhood and that guy answered the door naked and I still offer, I was like, I just pretended like it wasn't happening. Stop! And I was I forget like, would you that. like to buy a candy bar? And he and he bought two. Totally wow. naked, pantsless. You should have char- I, 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 I he, he
0: should have bought more.
1: <laughs> but like now they would think that's a predator. He probably was, but like well, yes. meanwhile, I just Not went probably, to Susie. An, he I, was a predator. <laughs> I think maybe I just caught him at the wrong moment. Caught him with his pants down? <laughs>
0: How many times have you accidentally opened the door without all your clothes on? <laughs> Stop Never. Stop No. It was in the summer,
1: like, where you just have your screen door. So okay. the front door was already open. And I think, Got like, it. he was just, like, walking around. Uh, and I came, came in the front. <laughs> I well. don't know. Maybe he's a pedophile. Whatever. He bought candy. I'm just saying, like, when I was your age. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Right. The- I
0: mean, like... Has any, like, have you experienced any kind of sales ever before? Go hand out flyers. I remember I worked at at my um, uh, college, and this was after being on The Real World. So imagine you're already, like, recognized. My show is on TV. Yeah. And I had a minimum wage job working at the student center. Yes. At Cal State Long Beach and at the rock climbing gym there that paid $13 an hour and like right. maybe gave me some discount on p- student parking or something like that. <laughs> and I, they were like, we need you to hand out flyers. Nightmare. N- actual nightmare. <laughs> i'm not kidding i was like this is the worst moment of my life uh you want me to hand out flyers and then every other person is going to be like hey aren't you that girl from that show and then i'm gonna have to say yes and then it's going to be a whole thing yeah I, and it was and i hated it um <laughs> you get rejected all the time no no you just get a hand in your face let me push out they're not harassing me you're harassing them you're I'm trying harassing to give them, them flyers you're harassing me with your Girl Scout cookies. They and are. They are like that, and they are pushy. And those moms are, they are like that, pushy. So I counter that. Uh, you're going you, to We have a counterclaim. I agree. Yeah, counterclaim. Truly, and y- you know, what? I want to see the haircut of these moms. That'll tell me everything I need to know. <laughs> tell me what their hair looks like. Show me a picture of what their hair looks like. And I know exactly who, who's wrong in this story.
1: I'll tell you what they don't—they they don't put on their hair. They don't use Function of Beauty, and, and I know definitely, it definitely. You can tell definitely not right because if they use Function of Beauty, they would have a customized hair yep. product that would yep. prevent them from looking like the stereotype. That's right. right? That's right. Yep. Because Function of Beauty <sighs> lets you take a quiz online where you declare your hair needs. You got breakage? Yes, I do. You got damage? Yes, I do. Function you need BB. some volume? Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. So much. I wish they had an option that was like, do you need
0: more hair that will just magically sprout yes actually they do have that because there is one that has a a kind of allergy i want to say it's like blue kelp allergy or something like that and there is a follicle stimulator that absolutely helps the health of your the root of your hair because the a lot of the health of your hair comes starts at the root and starts at a clean and healthy scalp so you can get things like tea tree uh and the scent that will be antibacterial and it'll keep your help, scalp healthy, and they have one that stimulates root like root health and scalp health that will do that. So oh absolutely God. 100%. Yes, Suze. Oh, that is great. Great news. I get that one. It's great. Okay. Well, yeah. you guys can say
1: goodbye to generic hair care for good today. Go to com slash braincandy to take your hair goals quiz, and you'll save 25% on your first order. Go to com slash braincandy to let them know you heard about it on our show. And to get 25% off your first order, that's com slash braincandy to take your hair quiz and save 25% on your first
0: order. You can just don't – like I love, love, love when you guys – Say nice things about my hair when I wear it curly and like actually do it and uh, uh, put a picture of it up on Instagram. You don't need to ask me ever what products. I, the answer is always the same. Function of Beauty, FOB, baby, FOB. I switch between a protein conditioner and a moisturizing conditioner okay. to back because that's the balance with curly hair: protein and moisture. So once you got those two, and then the co-wash as a like wash maybe twice a week and then the co-wash in between curly hair girls know exactly what i'm talking about you're welcome you're (laughs) you're a hair coach yeah for sure it's very helpful because somebody's got to do it and and it's a lot of research to just learn it on your own and there you go i just saved you a whole bunch of looking everything up there you go protein moisture co-wash boom you're welcome (laughs)
1: Okay, okay, this was. This is in along the same lines, kind of, as, like, the theme of the Girl Scout one.
0: They're, I apologize for the blowing my nose, by the way. Hey, like, you know. It's like, you know, you're in the mountains, it gets runny. Okay. Along the same lines.
1: <laughs> yeah, as the Girl Scout thing. Did you ever watch the show on MTV, Making the Band?
0: Yes. With P. I Diddy? Did. Yes, yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. So if you're not familiar, it was a competition. What band was it? B2K? B? There were numbers.
0: Yep. Yeah. I want to say B2K. Making a band band. B2K.
1: She's Googling it.
0: I am. B2K. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I watched it. It was a silly show, you know. Just done yeah. good fun. I think the premise was that they were going to get some sort of like either internship or some like l- entry-level job at Bad Boy Is it Bad Boy? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Correct. At bad,
0: bad Boy Records. Bad Boys for life. Yes. P. Diddy's. I don't want to get that wrong. Dude. They
1: get real upset. East Coast West Coast. Right. I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's too high stakes. East Coast. Um, And he would make them, these all these group of people, he would make them like, They were basically auditioning for this job, and he would make them do silly stuff and, like, you know, prove that they were dedicated and whatever. I guess in recent days, people have started to modify their opinion of the show based upon our understanding of, like, exploitative labor practices. Like, the ways that um, Gen Z kind of is
0: like, I'm not doing that. Okay, I This is a new thing yes, that I is. did not know was a thing until I saw a TikTok that was like, what happens when you request PTO and it was boomers, millennials and Gen Z and boomers go and the boomer is somebody going like, Oh no, don't worry about it. I'm not taking any time off. I haven't yeah. taken time off in 20 <laughs> years. I'm not going to start now. And the millennial is one that says, "Yes, I'm available. I'm available. you can ca- answer by phone. I'm just a phone call away. <laughs> Anytime during my paid time off, you can reach me. I'm always available." And yeah. the Gen Z one, it goes it's like somebody saying, "Hey, uh, you know, we'd like to get a hold of you." And they just go, "Nope," and click the computer shut. <laughs> and I love how nope in perfect like appropriateness.
1: You didn't even do my generation, which is Generation X. We have like no, we bring nothing to the table. <laughs> we're the only generation that won't have a president. Like, <laughs> oh. we're just yeah, so far at least. Interesting, striking out on that. But like, it makes sense that we don't. Whatever. I don't even know what we'd do in that situation. Yeah, but Gen Z is like they are not putting up with your shit, even if it's not shit. They are not putting
0: up with anything. Is this like the rise in focus on self-care? Oh, yeah. Do you think that has something that we're like, nope, I need my bound- my work life? I will say that that in the top, I would say that in the top three subjects that clients come to me to work on, yes. work-life balance is in there. I think that's a fair thing. I mean, we have historically and it's it's millennials and gen xers who can't do it yes right i mean or who i should say who struggled with this that top three
1: the american capitalist culture has you know embedded this idea that your work is your identity to such an extent that it, it is exploitative a lot totally. and and now that we you know have our phones and there's like email all the time and whatever i mean it can be a real problem and you really do need some boundaries but sometimes we overcorrect, which is what how i've seen how did the
0: show highlight that
1: so people younger people watch the show now and they're like what the fuck this is he like he made them walk five miles to manhattan from brooklyn to get a cheesecake and that's exploitative Oh, at and,
0: juniors i'm sure it's the only place to go <laughs> Yeah, it
1: was a famous one or whatever i think it was <laughs> And like they are outraged that this was entertainment, this sort of um, exploitative, but, right? I know. And you would think we would agree because we don't like like reality TV that exploits people. This ain't it. This ain't it. <laughs> it's
0: a it's a and silly show. Uh, like that's like, but because that's like saying that the final challenge, yes, is exploitative, yeah, is um, when you abusive. sign up to be on a show that's a. A competition. Yes, you cannot get angry about competing. Right. If you don't, you're sign up for a marathon and you got to run, don't get yes, upset. exactly.
1: Yes. What's happening? So the article that I read was a backlash to the backlash. It was taking our mm. position and saying, like, don't you? Okay, you Come guys on. are taking this okay. too far. But I just wanted to mention it because I thought it was funny. Anytime there's a reality TV component, I'm like, let me hear what this is.
0: I think that there's certain, like, you're. we need to call out what really is exploitative. Yes. And what really is not okay. Like, so I'm hearing so much more about the things that would take place on Top Model. Yes. And those kind of shows. Yeah. That is what we need to be. Yeah, but it wasn't the photo shoots. No. It no. It was the
1: relationships Correct. and the power dynamics and stuff.
0: Yes, because yeah. also, you talk to anyone who's really made it in the industry, they fucking... Like, you. Jennifer Lopez works. Mm-hmm. She is doing the equivalent of what, what in the same way, like when I was in grad school, I thought so much of the projects that we were doing were not, the point was not like, yes, the information in our research project was important and blah, blah, blah. It has more to do with the skills that you're learning in doing that project. The, the thing, the, the ways that, that those the the steps that are involved, the research that's involved, the like uh, consultations that you have to do with people, all that stuff. That the method that you use to get the final product is the thing that's important. In, and I feel like that's what they're doing in those competition shows It's not about going walking five miles to get that's not like oh that that's not the point is getting the cheese it's The point is we're putting you through an experience that will be grueling and challenging and you'll be exhausted in the same way if you are in a band and you're touring for three months and you have to do. Shows in sixty-four different cities in those three months, and you're up for sixteen hours a day, and then you have to do go do sound check, and then you have to go on and be on Jimmy Kimmel, and then you're going to be exhausted, and you're going to be working together with a team, and it's not just all about you. You've got sound people, and this is like everybody's got a career riding on this, and we were, who's going to be able to just be like handle it? And mm-hmm. just be like, yeah, this is, the, this is the challenge. Okay, we're fucking doing it. In the same way, that's, that's, how, you, that's how people won the challenge. That's mm-hmm. how people who were comfortable being uncomfortable, who were like, you know what? Okay, I got to drink six glasses of this fucking fish juice right here. Uh, yep, I'm going to do it. And the people who were like, oh, I can't do it, Jay. That guy who quit, who's like, no, I won't do it because I'm not comfortable being uncomfortable. Don't get the fucking win and you don't get any money. And there you go. Yeah. Wow. You really have a strong opinion about this. I do.
1: Because it's just like that. Don't you feel like that? I do, but usually I would think that you would fall in the more of self-care focused variety.
0: You love that shit. But there's a time and a place for everything. It's like I I go back to the, the marathon. If you signed up for the marathon... You, not, you don't take a rest in the middle of it. You don't go, oh, my God, we really need some rest right now. No. You run through, and then you get rest afterwards. Yeah. You sign up for a competition TV show, where and you can't be, like, shocked that people are going to be competing. And then I'm like, if you think them walking five miles to go get a junior's cheesecake is bad, I wasn't allowed to sit down or get in, they wouldn't give me a fucking tampon the night my goddamn period started on the final challenge and I was babysitting a fucking camel and I was like, hey, can I take a bathroom break because my period just started? And they said no. And so I have to be there in three layer, uh, uh, layers of disgusting like clothes that I've been in for 24 hours just letting it flow. Stop it! Worst night of my life, and it was fucking freezing because nobody thought the uh, desert of Namibia, Africa, was going to be cold. Turns out, one of the wettest, most foggiest places ever. So cold that they the backpack, the camel pack on my back with water froze. At least you're not. And you have me in leggings and a t-shirt with a long sleeve underneath. Fuck off. I'm frozen. Complain about walking to go get a cheesecake across the Brooklyn Bridge. I'm sorry. I'm done. Wow. There.
1: I did not expect this at all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I've, I I apologize for
2: nothing. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: I mean, this is a good segue to what I want to say next, but I wish... more
2: green drink. I
1: I wish I had remembered my new policy, which is whenever we have a guest, I'm supposed to mention it early on in the episode to prepare people, but I forgot. I worked up
0: and I'm going to have to cool down.
1: Well, (laughs) this guest, Daniel Lindemann... Uh, Wrote a book called True Story. Uh, True Story! True Story, What Reality TV Says About Us. Oh, come on. She's a scholar of um, sociology and anthropology at Lehigh University. And she studies reality TV. And her book explores the relationship between the viewer and the show. And like how... It teaches us about social hierarchies, um, gender, race, class, all that stuff. Yes. And um, she calls it like a funhouse mirror because obviously when you watch, you know, Honey Boo Boo or whatever, it might not reflect your day-to-day life. But those extreme examples of behavior can illuminate the human condition and um, just the way humans behave. Totally.
0: Yeah, one house mirror is a great way to put it.
1: Yes, and that you know they inform each other. So, like, if the audience prefers a certain type of show, it's more likely to be made. And if they love mm-hmm. the show enough, like the way that people are about the Kardashians, it influences how we dress and the makeup we wear. And totally, there is a cultural relationship between the show. It reflects and refracts, but. I was so delighted to talk to her because you know how we get when we, when we meet someone that Hello. kind of like <laughs> acknowledges our experience. It's just so refreshing because no matter how many times we try to talk about what it's really like, it's, it's really hard to convey
0: unless you impossible to convey. Yeah. It's, it's talking about childbirth to somebody who's never had a baby.
1: Yeah. There's just, you can imagine and kind of conceptualize, but to be in it is a different thing. And then for her to study it, academically she brings so much to the conversation yes oh it was I'm really dying fun to listen to this i think that our audience is really gonna like it i know i yes. told them i'm being very choosy about these interviews because they
0: they had had enough uh, this i'm dying to hear this one yeah come on, come on come on let's go
1: yes so welcome to the show but make sure you guys check out her book again it's called true story what reality tv says about yes. us by danielle lindman welcome to the show danielle All right. Thank you so much for coming on Brain Candy, your book, True Story, What Reality TV Says About Us. So awesome. How do you feel?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for having me on. And, you know, I feel great. And I'm really excited to talk about reality TV.
1: Right? Like, we need you. This is a public service that you're doing because like you wrote about in the book, sometimes it's kind of funky to study it academically because people almost don't think it deserves that maybe but uh, it's so Absolutely. important and your book does such a phenomenal job unpacking a lot of the shenanigans so but i was looking at your cv and you're not a one-trick pony and you <laughs> you really are like you do research on all kinds of stuff and i'm wondering yeah. why you felt like this story needed to be told in your book
2: So I do research on all kinds of stuff. Generally, I look at kind of gender and sexuality and what we call deviance in sociology, which is kind of like a loaded term, but we just use that term to mean kind of behavior that falls outside the norm. Um, And so like a lot of behavior that you see on reality. So I've written about sort of a lot of things that fall under that kind of deviance umbrella, but One of the things about reality TV, right, is you have a lot of people who are behaving in these kind of wacky, zany ways, right, that might fall outside of the norm. But, you know, sociologists have kind of long argued that by looking at these kind of extreme people, these extreme behaviors, we can actually learn more about kind of society at its core. So that's kind of the idea that's at the heart of the book, sort of by looking at these reality shows that may seem like so removed from our own lives, with these, again, outrageous people in fantastical scenarios, we can really better understand kind of our own lives.
1: I mean, I feel like people kind of know this intuitively. That I feel like that's why they're drawn to looking at cults or murderers, because even though we think I would never do that, that's so separate from me, they we're drawn to it because it
2: illuminates the human condition, Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, and these shows kind of show us like in heightened form ourselves in many ways, right. In the way that people are kind of performing gender on these shows in really like amplified ways, but like we're all performing gender in our daily lives, just like in a more muted way. Usually.
1: I love how you called it a funhouse mirror effect. So rather than maybe a, a direct reflection of how we behave day to day, we get kind of this warped Version and that do you think that the audience though,
2: is aware that they can see themselves? I think to some extent yes, it probably depends on the shows, right and some shows people are sometimes people are watching sort of for the opposite reason right it's this voyeurism <laughs> effect where you're watching the train wreck to kind of remind yourself you're not part you might be messed up in your own ways right but you're not part of that train yeah, that wreck over bad. there yeah right um but i think you know but then paradoxically we're also watching because we're drawn to people on the shows who kind of remind us of ourselves these kind of archetypes right like even going back to like road rules right or the, the, the original real world right like everyone kind of fit into some particular archetype. So there was always someone you could kind of grab onto and say, I'm a Julie or I'm a Heather. Right. And I think to some extent people are doing that consciously where they're recognizing like, which of the characters that they fit into. You know, this is actually going to be
1: more of a therapy session for me because (laughs) nobody, (laughs) nobody knows what I'm talking about normally, but like that, thing that you describe where people you know the guilty pleasure idea where people are kind of embarrassed that they indulge in the consumption of it is especially clear to the cast because when people come up to us in our lives and and acknowledge that we were on the show they often will say I don't watch it but my friend does like Uh. even when they're talking to us they
2: don't want to get too close And I'm wondering what you think that's about. That is so fascinating. So, I mean, I'm sure you and I would have a lot to talk about because I (laughs) experience that as well, right? Where people read my book or they hear about my book and say like, well, like, I don't really know about that or I don't watch any reality TV shows. But then the more I talk to them, they're telling me about what happened to 90 Day Fiance and (laughs) Shark Tank. I'm like, but wait a minute. So it's either like what they're, they don't consider what they're watching to be reality TV or sometimes they really don't watch. But reality TV is such a juggernaut now that even those of us who really don't watch, we still end up know- like we still end up knowing who the Kardashians are, right? We still end up knowing details about these shows because it's so out there mm-hmm. in the cultural ether. But yeah, I do think, you know, it's interesting because sometimes people are kind of skeptical that it still has this kind of guilty pleasure associated with it, right? That it has this kind of distaste or stigma. But I mean- even in just the reactions of people who come up to me and talk to me about reality TV, I get the same exact thing where it's like, I don't watch, but my husband like is really into it. <laughs> right, or right, usually right. my wife is really into it. Right. Or my friend or my kids, right. Or my coworkers talk about it all the time. So I end up knowing about it and there does still seem, I mean, I would be curious if it has changed over the years for you, if you think it's become more socially acceptable, but to me, it still really seems to have that guilty pleasure vibe to it. Um and it's really interesting to me like why that is. Yeah. Because it's so common now.
1: <laughs> right. And uh oh, like they have this distaste for us and they don't respect us at all. But then they elected one president. I mean this yes. is that was such an important part of your conclusion where you're like even if you think reality TV is garbage and blah blah blah, it has an impact and it matters. And do you think people are getting that?
2: I still think no. I mean, right. I, it's, it's interesting because you can you know, <laughs> when I give a presentation on this. I have a big picture of Trump. I'm like, here's why it matters. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's impacted our culture in both large and small ways. And there's like a demonstrable way, you know, and I guess, you know, we can't really prove causation. Do we know for sure that his stint on The Apprentice, you know, led him to the White House? We can't prove that's true. Um, I think it's reasonable to assume that that helped, right, streaming into people's homes, being shown in a position of power, behind a desk, wearing a suit, right, making big decisions. I think it's reasonable to believe that that helped kind of hasten his ascent to the White House. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I guess the people do kind of understand maybe that it it has impacted our culture. But again, there's such this long-lasting stigma associated with it. And it's so interesting that someone who, who's been on the shows as well has experienced that kind of, well, like I know you and, you know, I, I, I want to gravitate to you, but at the same time, like I'm still going to make a comment distancing myself yeah, That's repulsed at the same time. It's so fascinating. Well,
1: and then I was wondering, okay, so you talk about in the book, how there is that shame or like, you know, embarrassment about it. And people don't really have that same feeling about, say, you know, sports, athletes, something that's frivolous in in a way as well. Um, And I was wondering, you mentioned that there's maybe a gender component, that women tend to be drawn to reality TV. But do you think also that there's something that's repulsive about people that are too, like, share their private life publicly? like they're yeah, disturbed
2: that we are too open maybe well yeah it violates a sort of social norm <laughs> yeah, right yeah, yeah. you're supposed to keep certain private things private um yeah and you can see some of that right in the reaction that people have to these shows right because you see people like peeing on pregnancy tests on their screens <laughs> right or divulging everything about their lives Um, And that's sort of, you know, in some ways, we're still fundamentally a very, like, conservative, Protestant kind of country, right? And, you know, you're supposed to just keep it inside, right? You're not supposed to share. So I think absolutely, yeah, I think that's part of it. You know, and, you know, I often say it's sort of this constellation of bad behavior happening on the show. Bad, quote, unquote, bad, right? I'm not placing a moral judgment on it but it's you know violates social norms yeah. and people don't want to be contaminated by people who are violent yeah yeah, norms, yeah yeah right yeah. i'm not like those people over yeah. there so they don't necessarily want to be associated with those shows and so i think one of the social norms i think you hit the nail on the head one of the social norms that people are violating is this social norm to kind of again like keep it inside don't yeah. show too much don't overshare is, don't overshare right yeah. exactly
1: and then i was thinking about how strange it was Whenever I was in grad school um, and I'm studying something totally different and I just want to talk about my research, I noticed that academics wanted to talk about my experiences on the show more and I thought it was so weird in contrast to how people make you kind of defend why you're studying the genre where like they wanted to know about it in sort of like the cocktail party kind of way, Mm -hmm. parlor talk. But then when you want to study it, you kind of have to defend it. Do you know what I'm saying? That's really interesting. So
2: it wasn't, you didn't get like, why would you ever do that? No,
1: they wanted to know like all the details. And I'd be like, well, what if we just talked about, you know, my, my research? (laughs) (laughs) What did you go to grad school for? Religious studies. Oh, okay. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. And in your book, you know, you touched upon, as you just said, the Protestant, uh, work ethic, the, even the prosperity gospel stuff where you kind of like boast about your health and wealth. And that's what my dissertation was on. So I was like, now I got to be best friends with her. It's a whole thing. (laughs) But anyway, I'm just saying like, did it, did you feel like you had to defend the notion of studying it period?
2: I do. I do sometimes. Yeah, I do. I think That's really interesting versus being someone on the show versus someone studying the show, if there is a difference. I mean, yeah, I still also get, well, there haven't been many cocktail parties because it's been a pandemic, right? (laughs) Right, right, right. But, you know, in certain spaces, I still, you know, people are still kind of interested. But oftentimes from academics, I still get kind of why. Right. (laughs) Not even just from academics, though. I mean, I was giving a talk at a bookstore recently, and this woman kind of walked by and she's like, what's this book about? And I was like, reality TV. And she was like, ugh, why? (laughs) (laughs) No. I know. Mean, and I think that's a lot true. of people just have that kind of, ugh, why? Right? Even if there is a Trump, right? Even if, you yeah. know, we can show that the that these shows have impacted our culture. Um Maybe it makes oh, sense yeah. that,
1: you know, you're brilliant and important and fancy and that you shouldn't contaminate <laughs> yourself with it. You know, I don't know about that. I, I, I think that's, that's
2: it. it. Uh, I'm not sure. But hmm, that's really <laughs> interesting.
1: Okay, wait. So at the beginning of your book, you talk about your introduction to reality TV, which was real world London, which is, you know, known as a milder season, um, a little bit more subdued. Um, But you didn't have that context because you had never seen it before. And for you, it was compelling. Um, And you found it comforting, right? Is that fair? Yes. Yeah. Did you have a cast member that you connected to in particular
2: oh that's so fascinating real world london you know it's so interesting because i do mention that in the book and i wrote a piece about that for lit hub and i yeah i love really that, saying lit hub. that saying, was i love london too or like i now i really want to rewatch london um i almost don't want to rewatch london because it holds such a special place in yeah, my heart and i haven't seen it <laughs> yeah. since the mid 90s um i bet yeah. you think it
1: was boring now because we've all been desensitized
2: more. yeah I but even at the time the producers kind of thought it was boring right um but I think cat I I like I really you know I connected with cat she was you know she was at NYU she might have been like a freshman even so I I think I was like 15 so she was like not too far from my age and she was just kind of very like every girl America right (laughs) she she clearly had a crush on Neil as did y'all yes right so she was very relatable
1: (laughs) She was. She still is. She's a lovely woman. Um, Do you
2: know her? Yeah. Yeah. You should be
1: friends with her. She would love you. Because she's, you know, what's weird is the casting sort of shifted along the way on the show. So those early seasons, I find them very relatable and like all different kinds of people and shapes and sizes and styles. And now I feel like there's more one type (laughs) which is like party people
2: people just jumping into hot tubs which you know is fine right but it's a different type of show
1: yeah so like i i wouldn't be cast now but at the time whenever they wanted like virginal um you know naive girls that i was you know a hot item but now that is not what they're looking for but I find that the people on those early shows <laughs> grew up to be totally different than the people that have been cast since then with social media. And like, they got to sell the skinny tea, you know, it's a whole different like yeah. situation afterwards. Yeah. Back in the day, you just went back to like Chili's and wages Exactly. You know?
2: Selling Froyo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. But- wait. Um, okay. So in the, at the end of the deviance chapter, I'm going to read it. It's so good. You're so talented. I hope you feel like special because you are. You're making me
2: feel special. Thank you so
1: much. No, I mean, this is a phenomenal work. Let me find the page. I'm totally, I don't normally do this, but you're just, I got to, oh, I don't have it handy. Okay. Well, anyway, you, you talk about, you know, these people that maybe are outside the norm and behave in in unconventional ways on the shows. And I was thinking about how Buna Murray, which is the company that makes our show and then MTV really, you know, I feel like with Pedro Zamora, that's like the feather in their cap that they feel like, okay, we, we had a cultural impact and it wasn't gross at all. It was beautiful and and important, but yet they, they didn't really keep doing that. And right. they keep hanging their hat on this thing from like 30 years ago. So when we look at like Pedro Zamora being sort of the this patron saint of all good things reality TV, and then we consider maybe someone like Honey Boo Boo, which represents the lower hanging fruit in the public mm-hmm. perception. Overall, do you feel like the consequences of reality TV have been
2: good or bad? <laughs> Oh, good or bad. So I think it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B, right? Because we have, right, Pedro again, right? Like that was, a, he was the first kind of gay person people got to know, right? Yeah. Bill Clinton said he gave AIDS a human face, right? He was presented as this multidimensional person, right? At a time when both gay people and people with AIDS were not being presented in that way. Yeah. Um, I think that did have a huge impact. Um, and there, you know, there have been studies that have shown that the show, that these shows have done some good. Um, there was a show that um, showed that 16 so sixteen and Pregnant was actually associated with reduced teen pregnancy rates, which most people would see, you know, as a kind of positive thing. So I think the potential is there for reality TV to do good in certain ways, because we have, we've seen it in the past, kind of do good in certain ways. You know, In terms of its diversity, it's historically been more diverse than other forms of, of media. Like you said, going back to the original kind of real world and world rules cast, you had people, you know, different, you know, body sizes, different from different places, right? Different races, different, you know, cultural backgrounds. Maybe it's not like that anymore, but, you know, in the past we've seen that. So I think that there is, it has done some good. There's a the potential for it to do good. And I think people often overlook that. But then, of course, also, right, like there is it shows us kind of these gargantuan negative stereotypes, right, about race, about especially about race, right, about class, hubby boo, -boo, right, about gender, right, women being presented in these ridiculous ways um, that can only have a negative impact. So. I think that there, yes, there's been a negative impact of reality TV, but I think people often overlook its potential to do something positive because again, so many of us are watching, right? And it is impacting the way that we think and act in the world. So theoretically, it could be an immense tool for good if used properly.
1: Yeah. And there's those big examples of representation and storytelling that were so consequential like pedro but any even when i just think about your experience how this show made you feel less alone yeah. that's a beautiful thing too so it i don't i don't think it's all bad but um i wonder sometimes that when i weigh it all in the balance what i don't know the the net outcome is but we'll never know that it's just theoretical um, is there a reality show that you really enjoy that, that you feel like people would be surprised that you're into? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think people would
2: be, if they read my book, I don't you think they'd be surprised on anything. <laughs> right. Um, I pretty much will watch anything. Um, Wait, but do you
1: watch it academically or do you just watch it for energy? I'm a
2: fan. I yeah. mean, like I center myself as a fan in the book, an unabashed yeah. fan. I, but I, I mean, I recognize that these shows obviously are problematic, in a lot of ways it's not the book is not a defense of the shows no no um but i do enjoy them i find them pleasurable to watch most of them sometimes like cops i can't i can't watch cops but you know whatever you know i i just started watching with my daughter actually um is it cake oh yeah yeah the whole show is is it cake or not cake (laughs) it's amazing right so if, if i'm willing to watch cake is it cake i'm willing to watch pretty much anything um so i don't think people would be surprised by anything i watch now what, what do you think the future of the genre is? Oh, that's and so know, interesting.
1: And like, it's such a big category. I know that there yeah. are so many things that fall under that, but in general.
2: Well, it's interesting because, you know, so you see more and more now people kind of doing their own little reality shows, right? The TikTokers and the YouTubers, right? Which kind of cuts out the middleman. You like, don't need a production company. You can just put it up, these short clips, right? For people with short attention spans um, and kind of DIY it. Um, so that that seems to be the future of reality TV, but I don't think that, you know, reality TV as we know it sort of these serialized shows are going anywhere anytime soon they seem to be despite the fact that they continue to be stigmatized, they seem <laughs> to be holding strong, um, and if anything proliferating. Um, So I I don't think reality TV is going anywhere. I think it's going to probably make use of new technologies as it always has. It's always kind of had this like multi-platform approach, right? And now it's like really connected with social media and you can watch the star, then play the video game featuring the star and follow the star and buy their like skincare line, (laughs) right? So I think whatever new technologies come up, reality TV is going to find a way to capitalize um, on those, but I, again, I don't, I don't see it kind of waning or going anywhere anytime soon.
1: Yeah. Well, it's cheap labor too. So
2: it's, it is absolutely. There's a reason they keep getting produced, right?
1: (laughs) Yes. I feel like your book is so important because it's, um, palatable to non-academics. Anybody would be able to understand what you're saying and you're, I feel what you're you're doing is making the audience more discerning about what it is that they're consuming and the ways in which it can reflect and refract uh mm-hmm. like just life for all of us on this earth. um and so i really just want to tip my hat to you about the considerations that you made about gender and race and class and the ways that these things are portrayed and maybe what's not great but what is sometimes helpful for us to better understand ourselves. So I don't know. I just want to say you did a, an amazing job and I hope everybody reads your book. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, we ask everybody one last thing, which is um, what you keep in the trunk of your car. If you have a car. Oh my gosh. What's that in there? Sounds sinister.
2: I know. What's I in know, it? Like, what is, Trying to think what's in there. Okay. So right now it is, the bottom part of a stroller <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um and what else like what else is in there a blank you gotta a some a books blanking. in there
1: you got to give some of these babies out people need them i know i have
2: i have no spare copies i probably <gasps> should get some more i know what? i know I have to get some more. I only have a copy because my husband bought it. You are me. lying. I know. Well, I got some galleys, but I gave, I just gave them away. So yeah, oh I know. I should well, get some copies of the book. That's a good point. But yeah, everybody so have, should like, get a copy. I i have mostly kids stuff in the trunk of my car, boring kids
1: stuff. <laughs> That's our theory that like, um, what's in the trunk of your car is indicative of where you are in your life at that time.
2: And it tends interesting. To be true. Yeah.
1: What's but the most interesting was,
2: answer you've gotten to that? We well,
1: we've, we've interviewed a um like a guy that owns a funeral. He's a funeral director, and he oh. had yeah, oh, no. <laughs> he, he had a casket and a body back there. So that a was the weirdest. Yeah, like okay, he has one of, hurts. one of those big. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I was so like, yeah. My no matter what small.
1: you said, it would have been not as bad or weird not as that. Just really
2: boring. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, oh, before I go, that Lit Hub article was great too. Oh, and that's one more thing. Okay. Before you go, why, when you talked about the, how reality TV might be boring and that can be a good thing, what, what inspired you to say that? Like, what is it that made you think like, oh, things are shifting?
2: Um, well, I think even shifting toward the boring. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I think it just, you know, built out of necessity because of the pandemic. So there were some uh, recent shows that, you know, they, they couldn't do these zany trips. They couldn't. So a lot of it just because of filming constraints was just kind right. of like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. The last season was kind yeah. of like a lot of them kind of just sitting in a house talking, which really was a throwback to those yeah. early seasons of the real world.
1: And have you watched the Homecomings at all?
2: I watched, I watched part of the the first one. Yeah. Did you like it Plus. Oh, I don't right. I know I have to pay for it. So, yeah, there's yeah. so many now. I know. The real I, world I
1: Los Angeles that they finished, the homecoming for that, that was fascinating. Totally fascinating. Because they sort of just revisit the things that, the plot from... 30 years ago or 25. Yeah. Years ago.
2: And it's so interesting to me, the one, yeah. the, the original one, right. Because the things that they're talking about, things they were talking about 30 years ago, they're still talking about now, totally. right? Like these issues, these social issues still persist, racism, sexism, right. And there's still people who just don't get it. And it's fascinating to see. Yeah. And, and if
1: in a way it sort of feels like it's suspended in time, but then I, th- I don't know. I thought they were thoughtful about it and did a good job revisiting those stories but if you ever get back plus you should watch because it is it's fun to sort of look at the i know i need to yeah. how it's changed over all these years but anyway thank you so much for coming on the show
2: thank Your you for having phenomenal. me i wish i could interview you i have so many <laughs> questions for i you.
1: mean you would you would regret it we are all like <laughs> as i said over sharers but thank you so much for coming on thanks for having me